That is kind of the funny thing about that game, though. Everyone is essentially role-playing a depressed Metternichian prince. Yes, everyone has a really great reason to come at you. Uh, the game in question, by the way, is Vampire the Requiem, sort of an uh, old-school tabletop RPG. I guess not old-school. Old-school? Well, it was released, like, close to 20 years ago now, so... I don't know, I guess it depends how old they are. It's old-school to me. <laughs> Most people are more familiar with Vampire the Masquerade, which is the thing that... That was the first version of it, and then Vampire the Requiem was the second version, and most people prefer Vampire the Masquerade. I actually tend to prefer Requiem. I like the mood and world a little bit better. And in a vampire game, I imagine mood is basically the thing you're selling. Well, like, Masquerade has a little bit more of a Devil May Cry kind of vibe to it, um, whereas Requiem... I may request a change to this campaign. <laughs> It's it's pretty fucking balls to the wall. Uh, uh, Sam, wait. So you're telling me that you chose one where I can't make this party get crazy? There's a whole lot of turning into snakes. Eyebrows up. There, there, there are dudes who turn into snakes in uh, Masquerade. And in Requiem, it's just a little bit dialed down. So what you're saying is that I'm going to be able to turn into snakes. You're not going to be able to turn into a snake. You cannot turn into a snake. Why should I even live? What am I even on this fucking planet for? I'm sorry that you cannot. Well, actually, snake, yes. Giant snake, no. There was this ray of hope, and then I learned with, from my new perch what else was denied you to me. You cannot be a giant snake. I lust for greater powers Look, yet. Look, you can do that in D&D. You can do that in D&D. You can play a druid. There. Yeah, but I'm snake. the one who always DMs at fucking D&D. Well, I'm DMing this time. It's going to be Vampire the Requiem, not Masquerade. Fair enough. Fair enough. Also, I don't want any of your fucking emails, by the way. Masquerade stands. I don't want any of them. <laughs> I've heard them all. I've heard every argument. I don't care. I like Requiem better. I mean, I don't know. What are they going to do? Break into your table? They could. Stranger things have happened. True, true, true. Ooh, that'd be a good loss. Let's see if we can... Can we provoke them into that? Like, just throw some real vampire hot takes out there. What's my favorite hot uh, take? Violence. I am inciting you, the listener, to violence. Uh, the Carthians are objectively correct. The Carthians are correct. Now that you've heard this, take this information <laughs> internally and literally and commit violence because of the podcast Weeaboo Hell by Denardale and Sam Lego. I'm not going to die elderly, am I? You don't have legal insurance through work anymore because you quit your job. <laughs> uh, so, a... so this is this comes back to us in some way. This is all on you. I'm washing <laughs> my fucking hands. Oh man, you're right. It is all on me, Eric Adams, incoming mayor of New York, <laughs> the person inciting people to violence on this podcast, Weeaboo Hell. Run by the harmless citizen, Denard Dale, who I have strong-armed into inciting violence. Impeach me. That'll do it right there. That'll get him. I don't know. I need a second volley. I did have my fun... Wait, no. I'm not going to take credit for the thing I did to... Shh! Shh! Shut up! <laughs> you can wait, like, three months. Okay. Okay. The war doesn't have to start yet. So, well, we're actually going to talk about anime-wise today. Oh, yeah, that thing. Or rather, manga-wise, because we are returning to 
The book reports, the book club. I like book reports better than book club. Book, book report, club. yeah. Book report. Describe Mine wasn't a book. God damn it. Oh, did I tip my hand too early there? <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been easy. Oh, could you want to do a punchline? Uh, yeah, you know, you sort of sort of drag my punchline across the glass or whatever. Okay, so I read a book because I'm literate. I don't know, you'll see there's sort of a gap in the seriousness. And... I read books. I just read uh, C.V. Wedgwood's History of the Thirty Years' War. Until I've read it, I'm pretending you made that up. It's kind of dry. Mm-hmm. Just a whole bunch of rich people being fucking obstinate morons while millions die. So, Sam... Since you did not read a book, mm-hmm. what did you watch? I watched Thrice Upon a Time, Evangelion 3 Plus 1. That's right, everyone, and I would have been there for that viewing, but I was asleep. I think you were asleep, yeah. I think I watched it at like 1 a.m. last week. Take me on this journey. Oh, and in case it's not clear, the concept behind the book report is that we have both watched or read two different things and sort of re- relay the okay relay the shit so i can't just say right oh yeah i watched the new evangelion thing that's kind of denying it the preamble that it sort of has earned over the last 25 years or so going on 30 now yeah if anything in anime has earned a little portentousness yeah so i'm not just gonna be like oh yeah I watched the new Evangelion movie. I kind of liked it. Uh, I kind of I kind of need to give you some context here. Although up front, I fucking loved it. Um, so we begin. We try not to bury the lead here on Weeaboo Hell. But twenty years ago, an event happened that changed the face of the modern world. Third impact. Completely. Okay, so the joke here was supposed to be that you thought of 9-11, but I was about to say end of Evangelion. <laughs> so I guess now it's my turn to be the asshole. <laughs> Whose punchline got fucked up. Thanks a lot, dickless. I'm here all week. <laughs> Alright, so end of Evangelion happens, right? And I think it is fair to say that end of Evangelion might be the most frustrating event in anime history. Mm-hmm. Like I, I cannot honestly think of anything else, but I don't know the, the cancellation of Konosuba, maybe, maybe. Frustrating events in anime history. Yeah, what is the most frustrating event in anime history? Let's see. I would put forward tomatoes, but that's that is frustrating. It is, is a frustrating, frustrating event. It's not as frustrating as End of Evangelion. No, though. End of Evangelion yeah. was this promised ending that we got because the series. Evangelion ends on, you know, that weird fucking art film, right? I liked it, by the way. But, you know, it's it's not really an ending so much as a whole, all right, well, here's just all the ideas that this series had sort of just, we're kind of just going to answer all these ideas. Not the events. Fuck the events. I don't <laughs> care about the events anymore. We're just talking about the ideas now. And that was interesting, Honestly, certainly. But people, you know, people want an ending. People wanted, you know, to see the literal end of the events that they, you know, had been following for 24 episodes now. They wanted to see yeah. what happened. And sure, cannot blame them. Um, although there is this... Mm-hmm. You could call it anti-intellectual sort of obsession with 
um, the literal way in which things play out in a story, right? Um, metaphor be damned. Even if that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And in Evangelion, it certainly was. But they wanted to know what the fuck took place. So, End of Evangelion happens. And it is perhaps what took place during those last two episodes, right? Kind of, sort of, maybe. maybe. You could ask Hideaki Anno, but he does not have an answer for you. <laughs> he doesn't actually give enough of his shit to have an answer for you. Not that kind of guy. He's thinking uh, about Godzilla. He's thinking about Godzilla. Or, like, I don't know, what he's going to talk with his therapist about next week. So, End of Evangelion happens, and it is... Things happen in End of Evangelion, you know, to its credit. Things happen. I, I don't even know why I'm talking about this. Everyone knows what happened. It's a deeply frustrating kind of downer movie that ends with everyone getting turned into fucking orange liquid except, you know, the, uh, except Shinji and Asuka who were left alone on a beach as Ray's head is in the... Everyone fucking knows this I, image. I, I feel insane just describing it. You all, like, you're listening to an anime podcast. You know what the last shot of, of, of Evangelion is. I was twisted when I watched that, by the way. Like you were drunk when you watched? Completely wasted. Okay. I thought I thought you were referring to like the event twisted you. It definitely twisted me. Like I, I here's the thing. I, I'm not special. I had the same reaction everyone had. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the literal, you know, end of the events that I've <laughs> Boy is it on brand. And so it's not what anyone was looking for. Uh it was not satisfying that's because that's and that's the key event there there was no catharsis really not not the kind of catharsis that people were looking for they were looking for i don't even know that they were looking for a happy ending but they were looking for an ending that they could understand they could kind of get their teeth around right right so end of evangelion i'm pretty certain I cannot think of another event in the history of fandom that caused or that was itself the inception of an entire fucking genre of fan fiction. <laughs> like, no, like a, a series itself, right? That can be something up upon which a lot of fan fiction is based. You can have um, like Harry Potter, uh, Pokemon, Teen Titans... All three of these series, I happen to know, have just a whole lot of fan fiction written about them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the series, not the actual just event. But End of Evangelion and the last two episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion, they compel an entire generation of fan fiction writers to rewrite the series in such a way that it doesn't happen like that. And I I think that's fascinating. I think it's admirable that people are looking for their own answers because Hideaki Anno is not fucking giving them any. Even as a professed anti-fan fiction person. What's up? When I took music classes at Princeton, mm-hmm. the professor loved to tell a story about his professor and how students would do the, all these 
various sweeping technical arrangements to try to find ways to, you know, manipulate and defy form. And if someone left a chord unresolved, the guy would just tap his knee and it would just walk up, walk up there and just slam the final note on the fucking piano because <laughs> he was not having that shit. <laughs> and I think about that sometimes. That's, it's not a bad metaphor, yeah. Go on. I, I, it just reminded me of that story. Certainly. Uh, and I, I think I think that's an understandable instinct to have. You know, when something is begun, you sort of expect it to end. Because that is just... It is in our nature to want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and End of Evangelion was not... <sighs> yeah, it was an ending, but not really in the way that people needed it to be after, you know, what they'd been put through, right? What they, uh, what they had been promised, or what they felt that they had been promised. So... In the absence of Hideaki Anno giving them what they had been promised, they sort of took things into their own hands. Um, most of these fan fictions, I've actually read a few of them because I think this whole, I think the frustration that went into all of this is absolutely fucking fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's there's something so raw and human about just wanting to wring the answers out of air primordial ass pain sort of just pull it into existence because it doesn't exist uh most of these in some way shape or form um have most or at least a lot to do with the sort of unresolved question of the relationship between shinji akari and asuka langley Storyu. Or is it Asuka Soryu Langley? It's not even her name to be able to Evangelion anymore. It's Asuka, it's Asuka Langley Shikinami? Or is it Soryu Shikinami? They the, the, changed don't her chase last the name. white rabbit. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to chase the right rabbit. It's Soryu Langley. It was Soryu Langley. Um, because that was the biggest thing that they wanted to see resolved. They wanted some fucking answer to, like, what are these fucking kids to one another? Um, and you will see that be the centerpiece for an entire genre of fan fiction. Um, usually they try to resolve it positively in some way. It is, I, I've, it is rare to see it, um, any other way. I think not just the plurality, but the majority of the Evangelion fanfic, fan fiction community uh, is pro um, Shinji Asuka. Right? It's almost a personality test. Um, well, here's the thing: if if you know the choice is between you know a deeply, deeply unhealthy love hate relationship and a literal clone of your fucking mother. Pornhub, Pornhub, Pornhub. Okay. Go, go on, go on. Then I guess you know if if it has to be one of them, then sure, the unhealthy love hate relationship. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like my, I, my, I. Mom is not a serious option. It's just... No. No, fuck... Jesus... No. Okay. So there's... I'm not even sure I could hang out with a clone of my mom. No, that'd be super fucking weird. Yeah. Super fucking weird. I, like... I mean, Ray was super fucking weird. Mm. I, I think a whole lot of people ended up adoring Ray when Ray herself was intended to be super weird, super creepy... Kind of off-putting. You're not really meant to like her. They liked her anyway. So, 
where does this flying saucer land in the film? So we're just going to put, we're just going to take the question of Shinji and Asuka, right? We're just going to take it, we're just going to kind of put it up in the corner where you can see it but not pay attention to it right now because that's, okay. it's honestly ancillary to what Rebuild of Evangelion's mission was. Rebuild of Evangelion's mission was to revisit the questions um, that Hideaki Anno was asking in the original series and in End of Evangelion, to sort of revisit all of those feelings that he was sort of putting into the series. Mm-hmm. Um, because people change. They do. People change um, as they get older, as they, you know, have newer, different experiences in life. And... I'm going to get the Wellbutrin Eva, Eva here. Yeah, he has, he has come to different conclusions about the ideas that he originally went into Evangelion with, right? And that is what Rebuild of Evangelion is. That is him coming at those ideas with new perspective on them. Uh, and the events in question end up diverging really, really drastically from how they originally went in the series. The first rebuild movie, uh, 1.0 or 1.11, was like the you know, sort of like director's cut, had a few extra scenes in it. Uh, that This is a trend that continues for all four films. Um, you know, that is more or less just a, um, retelling with a few interesting differences Mm -hmm. of the first, I want to say six or seven episodes of Evangelion. Then in the second movie, things super fucking diverge. Uh, they introduce Asuka. It's a little bit different. Shinji's character arc goes in a very different direction. It seems to be like going in a oh, right, he's going to actually stand up for himself this time. He's got something that he wants to live for kind of deal. Spine transplant. And then 3.0 is not just diverged, it's just completely different. Like, at that point, the events of the original series are completely abandoned, and this has now become its own own story. Um, 3.0, or 3.33 for the... Whatever. Um, Evangelion 3. Rebuild of Evangelion 3 is a fucking phenomenal piece of cinema. Um, this is me kind of borrowing uh, James's take on it a little bit because he put it into words really well, but mm-hmm. it functions as this fantastic metaphor for a type of anxiety where you're convinced that it's all your fault and everyone knows that it's your fault and they blame you for it being awful, for whatever the hell it is being awful, but you're not really sure why, but you know that it's true. Um, What happens at the end of Evangelion 2 is uh, Shinji, in an effort to save Rei's life, uh, causes not third impact, but what is referred to as near third impact that is only stopped when um, Kaji um, sacrifices his life. Um, that is how he dies in this version of Evangelion, right? Okay. Um, but just because Third Impact didn't completely happen does not mean that the world is not fucked now because it totally fucking is. (laughs) (laughs) Most of humanity dies. 2.9 Impact. Yes. Uh, and 3.0 happens 12 years later. Uh, I think Shinji spends that entire time unaging, trapped inside the uh, the entry plug. Um, it's fun times for Shinji Akari. <laughs> and when he comes out, he realizes what has happened. And um, 
you know that spine transplant that you're talking about? Yeah. Can only do so much for a guy. <laughs> uh, and he um he spends Pure the movie. Rage. Yeah, he spends the movie kind of trying to fix his mistake in a way that is only going to make things worse. And it's it's just such a such a fucking great metaphor for being self-destructive and racked with mental illness and in a way that is not being addressed in any healthy or constructive way. Cool. Um, this all culminates in him, you know, sort of having a similar relationship to Kawaru that he did in the series, and it ends differently, but also the same, in that he watches Kawaru die right in front of him. He does not himself kill him this time, he is not forced to kill him this time, but Kawaru's head explodes right in front of him, uh, as they're both inside the entry plug for the Evangelion. Walking well butrin. It's not, it's not, it's not great for him. Um, and so we, that is, that is the place that we find ourselves in, uh, three plus one. I don't know what it takes. I guess 3.0 plus 1.0, but I'm not going to fucking say all that. So it's either three plus one or it is thrice upon a time. There we go. New Ava. And this is the film where all the ideas that he's revisiting reach their different conclusions. Um, where you've got sort of the answer to all of the unanswered questions that, you know, Shinji and his character and his character arc kind of have throughout the first iterations of the franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, these uh, themes of uh, loneliness and you know, how we harm the people that we care about in ways that we do not understand and cannot control, uh, and how, you know, whether it is preferable to be alone or to be with people and to hurt them and be hurt by them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the conclusion that, you know, is sort of reached here is that You sort of have to be okay with yourself. You have to learn to be okay with yourself, mm-hmm. right? Um, and often that means being among pre- people and sort of accepting that you might hurt them. But they very much, or they, they very well might help you. And usually that's what they do. And you sort of just have to, um, you have to have a little bit of faith Um you know, that these people, you know, care for you and want to help you, right? You need to, <laughs> you need to sort of accept that, um, like Shinji's issue, right? Shinji's issue in, um, in the, in the first version of Evangelion was that he had such an inferiority complex, right? He had an inferiority complex to the degree where he cannot conceive of the idea that anyone actually, um, cares for his well-being right. um because he thinks that well, why why would they what reason what possible reason could they fucking have um but you know what he sort of is, comes to understand you know over the course of the series and especially like the first act of this final movie is that like they don't need one people are just kind of okay sometimes and you know you it's okay that you're not right now that you are less than okay but you will be eventually um, and that is sort of how he completes his character arc. And it's really our journey away from cum, Susser Todd, huh? Yes. Um, all the, uh, 
there's a whole lot of really fun little shout-outs to End of Evangelion in the second half of this movie that I enjoyed quite a bit. Cool. Um, because, you know, as you can imagine, the... Oh, um, it has to have, like, a relationship with that movie. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the way that they resolve uh, Shinji and Asuka's relationship, right? The final scene in which they revol- resolve Shinji and Asuka's relationship, not just in this series, but across all of time, um, is, you know, during weird fucking Evangelion events where it all takes place. Um, you know, they just are back on that beach again. Um, just sort of having an honest Uh, conversation this time instead of her trying to choke him out. (laughs) And they're like, the kind of gist you get is just like, yeah, I liked you. You liked me. Probably wouldn't have worked out. And kind of that's, there you have it right there. It's, it's honestly a very simple answer to a question well, that has been plaguing people for 25 fucking years now. I'm so glad those people get the climax now. That's a very simple saying answer to that question. It is. It's, it's just an obvious answer, too, is the other thing. And then... I have a, just a little thought here. Sure. A little article came out saying that, like... You know, if you were Marvel, whatever thing got turned into a movie, you got a sum total of $5,000. Mm-hmm. I think that Anno's therapist, when this movie came out, got $5,000. <laughs> I would like to be Anno's therapist and watch this movie and be like, good, it's all been for something. It's all coming together. I have not wasted my time with this man. Um, and here's, here's the thing that I'm sure at least one or two people are probably pretty upset by, but I kind of liked. All right. So in the second movie, right, they, um, they introduced this character named Marie Makinami Illustrious. Um, the, uh, she's the one who screams the beast. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, Her. Uh, (laughs) so she is sort of introduced as this kind of. I guess you could call it, like, a parody of OCs at first. (laughs) She's ultimately pretty well-adjusted, literally drops out of the fucking sky into this movie. Great. Uh, Pretty well-adjusted, drops out of the sky, has, you know, a whole thing. Um, Is stacked, and I'm not saying this because, like, I'm looking at her character design like, ooh, tits. No, like, they, they keep going out of their way to tell you. And because it's just, it's, again, it's, it's like an OC thing. Um, so she has this sort of, she feels out of place in a very interesting way. In that, like, again, in that she has been inserted into this, much like a self-insert character or an OC from an Evangelion fan fiction. That is sort of my take on this character. Uh, and the conclusion that is reached is like, at the end of the film, at the very end of the film, and spoilers, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's been a spoiler alert this whole time. At the very end of the film, instead of the decision that Shinji makes in End of Evangelion, where he's like, yeah, instrumentality, cool, got it. And everyone, you know, disappears right. in the tang. The conclusion that he draws, and it seems to draw about halfway through the me- through the movie, and then explain himself to you know, um, I think it's Ray. Explains himself to Ray, um, at the very very end is, 
yeah, this this shit with Evangelions is fucked. I'm just gonna instead of like instrumentality, that's fucked too. I don't know why anyone would want that. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna sort of just redo things so that none of this weird shit with angels or Evangelions or any of that ever existed. We're just it's just gonna. That's all fucked. That was the problem with all of this. It's so fucked. We're not gonna do it. And so the very final yep. scene of um, Rebuild of Evangelion is uh, he's just dating Marie now. They're adults. They have a very healthy relationship. <laughs> None of this has happened. That is astounding, and that adds whole new axes to this self-insert thing. But I like, so I what like, kind of like fourth-layer metafiction shit is that? I like it because there, there are a couple different ways that you can interpret it. But what I like is Ano being like, yeah, um... Asuka and Shinji's relationship was so impossibly unhealthy that I'd prefer he hook up with an OC self-insert. Damn. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, and then there's this, there's this really fantastic sequence of events that precedes, uh, that precedes, you know, the final scene where um, he sort of reconciles his relationship with um, most of the main characters, um, including Gendo, where Gendo gets this whole scene not just a scene, this whole sequence where he and Shinji sort of explain themselves to one another. And honestly, that was what I'd been missing this whole time was, you know, he that and his is... dad sort of just sitting, fuck, fucking sitting down for a second to hash things out where, you know, Gendo kind of like explains where he's been coming from this entire time and who he is as a person. And as despicable as he is, you know, throughout all of this, it is when he finally seems to become human. And this is, like, he literally made himself into an angel, again, Evangelion's weird, over the course of this last movie, and it is at this point when he is finally human, when he finally, you know, just talks about what a fucking weird dude he is, you know, just how immensely lonely he has been his entire life, much like Shinji, and how, like, he should have, things should have been different. He did he did wrong by his son just horribly and like kind of sees that now, and wishes that he hadn't. I wish I got a reality reset to talk to my dad. No, I didn't. I, it would be, it wouldn't be productive. Go on. <laughs> yes, he ends up having similar scenes with Oscar in which they sort of you know are like, "You're hot," but again, it wouldn't have worked. For a second, I thought you meant that Gendo had a similar scene of Asuka. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Shinji, Shinji, um. Like, oh, wow, they added a whole new axis of darkness to this one, I see. You gotta balance the, the cosmic checkbook, I guess. It's like, oh, um, old Deathstroke Gendo. <laughs> uh, as well as Koaru and Rei. He also has such scenes with Koaru and Rei. Um, cool. As they just sort of put everything to bed. It's 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 very, like, on a, on a metatextual level, it is, it is Anno being like, all right, fine. <laughs> About the whole thing. Nice. Like, giving people... like Because th this is what people have been clamoring for. For ages now. There's a reason that episodes of Community end of that little musical sting coming in and people talking about their feelings very directly for mm -hmm. 45 seconds. This movie was him not playing coy anymore. This was him finally just giving people what they had been begging him for for, like, 20 years now. And... God damn, he fucking threads the needle, too. I, I haven't even mentioned, you know, the kind of interesting action set pieces that happen in this. They're, um, 
they're they're real fucking out there. They are way the fuck more out there than you remember from the original series, even End of Evangelion. Like the most out there fight in End of Evangelion was Oscar versus the um, you know, the mass production yeah, model yeah. Evangelions, right? No, it's so much fucking weirder in this. There's like this whole thing where they use battleships as shields. It's, okay. it's a little nuts. Cool. You might like it, you might not. It's uh it's it's way the fuck more super robot. Um I can live with that stuff. And like a bunch of it is because of Marie's presence, who is a <laughs> super robot to... character. Yeah. Who <laughs> is like again, I I cannot stress enough how fine she is throughout all of this. Like from the <laughs> second she is introduced in the second movie. She is extremely well adjusted. She has no issues with any of this. Oh boy, guys, this is a high-intensity situation we're in, huh? <laughs> she shows up. Like, it's great. After this whole fucking sequence where, you know, Shinji visits all of the people he has been, like, closest with and most at odds with and has, like, his little reconciliation with all of them, you know, her Evangelion just sort of bursts into the vision and she shows up as like, Hi, it's me now. This fucking... Imagine your reaction to the entire arc of just being in the background of all the Evangelion bullshit. Just being, putting one of those hanging there fucking cat posters up on the wall. She's just with it. She's just really with all of this. Impressive. I need to import some of that energy into my psyche. Yeah, no, we could all stand to be a little bit more like Marie. Honestly, she is best girl. Good for Good for her. She's stable. She's not his mom. She's in his age bracket. Oh, she's not. Oh. That's that's the thing. I, everyone in this is older than they actually are. It happened uh, starting with the third film. Although Marie is... Implied to be a descendant of Judas Iscariot, for what it's worth. And I don't think it's worth much. I think that might just be... Um, that Meaningless might... Catholic static per Eva tradition. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, it's because I don't think it's cool. <laughs> Alright. Uh, and, um, also is, uh, Gendo's age or something, but doesn't age. Neither did Shinji for a good long while. Neither did Asuka. And Asuka's also a clone in this, too. Cool. <laughs> there's there's all sorts of, like, stuff that's kind of offhandedly mentioned. God, another version of him is still on that island somewhere. Oh, yeah, and also they sort of um, talk about how this entire series of events has been recurring thousands of times. So the end, uh, so the end of Evangelion and the series that we saw was part of the cycle of recurrence, and this movie right here is the end of that recurrence. So Shinji finally gets his shit together and says, no, enough of this, no more. Man. We all get to be friends now. Dark Tower, Mass Effect, Evangelion. We are really into this try-again structure of... It's, in- it's interesting. I- well, it's because failure is such this part of the human experience. Mm. You know, failure and fucking up and, you know, fucking things up in a way that you cannot fix until you realize that you can. Handy metaphor. I love the Dark Tower handling of it. Just same star only has the horn of don't be a dick. <laughs> Any other notes on Thrice Upon a Time? AKA 3.1415926. No, I've been gushing about it for about 35 minutes. That's your turn. Cool. I'm going to use the bathroom first.